Little trouble there. Let's pick it up at 17. Ready? Five, six, and... Not, not quite my tempo. Here we go. Five, six, and... Downbeat on 18. Okay, here we go. Five, six, and... Bar 17, the and of four. Got it? Five, six, seven. Not quite my tempo. It's all good. No worries. Here we go. Five, six, seven. You're rushing. Here we go. Uh, ready? Okay. Five, six, and. Dragging just a hair. Wait for my cue. Five, six, seven. podcast that challenges popular opinions about movies i'm brandon sharp i'm zach smith michaels and i'm mitch dupree and i am one of those single tier people (laughs) and tonight it's time for a drum solo as we ask is whiplash worth getting jazzed up about brandon how about the plot certainly jazz student wants to be one of the greats and his teacher pushes him like maybe too much is there too much pushing in this movie maybe maybe it's very possible so we're talking about episodes the other day and we said what are some episodes that would get us really excited and mitch said "Ooh, can we talk about damien chazelle and whiplash and he had some very hot takes and uh that's why we're here so this i'm already gonna jump in and defend myself okay okay because Rewatching Whiplash, it's a great movie. Yes, it's a great yes. movie. No, no, no. I, have I like strong... you with your pants down starting this conversation out. He, just, he put you out in the middle yeah, and he, dropped your drawers. Mitch, Mitch was like, but here's the thing. I think I just don't like Damien Chazelle as a person. That's, that's so what it makes I didn't want to say that you take. didn't like Damien Chazelle. Because I was remembering, I was like, did he say Damien Chazelle or did he say Whiplash? I think Damien no, Chazelle to me seems like the guy who did jazz band in high school <laughs> and now like thinks he gets the loan monk more than you do is like <laughs> well i remember I it'd be a bad dinner date <laughs> I, I remember i remember talk to from you about miles teller also about how the movie tricked you into liking miles teller yeah. and then like the more yeah you're like oh miles teller you suck yeah, <laughs> yeah no but good. but anyway i was i was thinking about this when this movie came out in 2014 i mean that was a terrific year for cinema we got birdman yeah. boyhood the grand birdman. budapest hotel yeah. um, that was a great year a fantastic like the oscars that year i was like literally i like all these movies um yeah. so the, the film was celebrated acclaimed and nominated for many awards and it was released but now that you know like with most movies now that it's been out for a while we've had time to kind of wonder if a movie about an overly strict teacher who mentally tortures his student if we should be celebrating that kind of movie um I thought that Mitch would be saying no and Brandon would, you know, think there's a little more to it. And before watching this movie, I was somewhere in the middle and I still am. So, you know, we're going to see by the end of the night how we all feel about Whiplash. And if you want to talk to us, you should get us at us in the real lounge. But 
first and foremost. Do you guys remember uh, when you first saw this movie? Oh, mm. I do. All right, where I were do. you? I don't. So, I so do. Zach, so Zach bought me the movie, Aww. or or loaned me his copy. One of the I, two. I bought it for you. I think he bought it for me, and I watched it right there at my <laughs> desk during work. <gasps> Gasp! I, I did. What? I don't work. I don't work there anymore, so it's fine. <laughs> One did not lead to the other, but maybe. But I got to tell you, it was it was an emotional experience, mm. and and this is on a laptop screen. I mean, granted, you know, this movie doesn't need to be big, no. but I was glued to it. I'll never forget it. Uh, I think it was on our radar because it had a little bit of Oscar bait. So Mitch and I were trying to find it and we, I think ended up getting it at target and we went back to his house and watched it together. Yeah. And I think your parents ended up joining us, Mitch. And oh, just I remember like ma- the whole major Tom. I apologize. <laughs> I, just realized, I just realized who listens to this podcast. Yeah, you're for your former boss. <laughs> you're you're going to be re- you're going to be fired from a job you don't have anymore. Yeah, I think. It's well, I don't want them to dislike me. I I love them. Yeah. Well, well. So yeah. I well. Luckily, you get to edit this. You get to edit the show, bro. Actually, that's no. true. You can literally cut that out, but I don't think you should. Yeah. I don't think um, you should. But I remember Mitch and I watching it, and like we were like white knuckle edge of our seats yeah. like just we're having a real like ah, 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 like kind of reaction to the yeah. movie yeah yeah it's not that like here's 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 what it is for me it Uh-oh. it can be Uh-oh. really well crafted and still have a message that maybe needs to be examined right and should be like mm-hmm. maybe yes, not yes. like we shouldn't just like blanket praise it right but that doesn't right. mean that it didn't do a lot of things really successfully. Like there's an old adage that's like in art, there's two things, what you're saying and how you say it. The what it's saying isn't very cogent or like healthy or good. How it's saying it. Very, very good. Very strong. Um, I, I, here's the thing. I don't think Damien Chazelle is a cool guy. I wouldn't want to hang out <laughs> with him at the mall. Does he make good movies? I I think La La Land has a terrible message, mm-hmm. but it's a decent movie. And First Man is good, and this movie really is, like is darn it's very good. So yeah. I think he makes good stuff. I just think he thinks he is saving jazz music in the and, first two and, movies he made. You know what? So. And film and film too, because I remember um, the Hollywood Reporter did a conversation on creativity with like Issa Rae, Lin Manuel Miranda, John Favreau, yeah. Donald Glover, and, and Damien Chazelle. And Damien Chazelle's like, yeah, you know, you know, my movie, uh, La La Land. You know, it's just like this old throwback to cinema that they really don't make anymore. And I'm like, okay, Damien, like. <sighs> Your movie you know was fine. Like, you know what it feels like to me? It's like if I wrote a movie based on my peewee baseball years about baseball. <laughs> like, it, I feel like he did. It feels like he did jazz band and he's like, I still remember it all. And, mm. and, and that's what the dialogue in this movie is. It's like if he says double time swing one more time, like, I'm going to be drunk because I'm playing a drinking game over here. Like, he's like, oh, no, that's a double time swing. I'm yeah. like, OK, dude. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe some of the like musical specifics he was a little off on and yeah. maybe he should have brought in an expert like, w- in yeah. fact, why didn't why well, didn't he for some? Hey, just check my details. Right. Check my facts here a little well, bit. I mean, not even in happen? a jazz band, but I'm like, you're not telling a whole horn section. Don't forget. We flat that that night. I'm well, like, sharp that, that ninth, sense. which is for the guitar player, by the way, like, yeah, play like, those yeah, diminished chords, chords in the ninth. Yeah, they, yeah. I'm like, they don't play chords. That doesn't make any sense. You yeah, know, well, it's just like things like that. 
I listen. I I think it's a good movie. It's just kind of cringy in several well, moments, right? <laughs> well, here let's, let's it's downright visceral. Yeah, in in agree. some my response at least the first time was was downright visceral to mm. uh, some of these interactions. Right. Like they're very raw and hard to watch. Yeah. Our first question of the night is, what is it about this movie that really connects with with people? Because this movie, I've heard from a lot of people. Some people said, and not like a lot of people, but I've heard from a few people, they saw this movie and decided not to pursue music in college or yeah. people who mm-hmm. saw this movie and was like, you know what? I need to work harder. So what is it about this movie that, that connects with people? I think achievement is a yeah. big deal. Yeah. I think someone striving for something that they really want um is something that people connect with also andrew is a bit of an underdog at first uh, people identify with underdogs uh, underdog stories are very popular i mean yeah and and i think our first also, episode was on rocky and how like, yeah ex- you know? exactly like, yeah. exactly and people love watching people who are at the top of their craft yes. i think there is something fascinating about just seeing someone do something really well. And you cannot deny the fact that Andrew is a talent in in this movie. And frankly, Miles Teller, he's a pretty good sure. drummer. I was kind of surprised because sure. uh, yeah. there's a lot of shots. I'm like, yeah, that's him. That's him playing yeah. the drums. Not too shabby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What you said before, too, like the visceral nature of it. Sure. I think this takes something dry and stodgy like jazz band and makes it feel like a sports tournament. It feels like a boxing match. And as much as I have issues with that, like because it does distort the nature of creativity and music, and I can talk about that more later, I think that makes this this thing that feels again stodgy accessible to a different audience of people. Does that make sense? Like yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like someone who like maybe like watches Remember the Titans and digs it, but thinks like, eh, I don't want to go watch La La Land, could watch something like Whiplash and be Definitely. like, oh yeah, I get it, I get it now. And there's a lot of blood, so. <laughs> Because, you know, that happens when you practice music too hard and you bleed all over stuff. I was actually a little curious about some of the physical acting and how, you know, repetitive drills and practicing would translate to like a drummer's hands and like would everything be drenched like it was in the movie would there literally be blood dripping i took drum lessons for three years so that was the beginning of the spectrum right so i never got to where this character is I I kept cringing though because like he's also very tense when he's trying to get faster yeah. and faster and faster and musically whether it's like piano or drums like things I've taken lessons for that's not how you want to practice Being tense it's not, is, is it's counterproductive the opposite of what Correct. because it's not sustainable like yeah, you might well, right. be able to play really really fast right there where you're really tense but you're not going to be able to do it for the whole song so well, yeah. well, well and what I've concert. heard what I've heard is that because drumming is so physical that it, it is similar to like if you're playing a sport like and you're trying to become a faster runner, you don't just do a dead sprint right away. Like in the movie, he just starts just playing as fast as he can. And it's like you do like a build. I've heard you do like a build up, And, you know, same with like practicing bass guitar or whatever. You start like on your scale slowly. And then as you're practicing, like you kind of build up speed. So you're like, OK, I, I know how to get to that point healthily. So I'm not just, you know, going yeah. all in. But again, like from a filmmaking standpoint, I don't want to watch him right. do things the right way. I want to see him, you know, cursing and screaming and like 
bleeding all over his drums. But it feels stupid, though, Yeah, I guess, yeah. for me, is my issue. is like, it feels cartoonish. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a way to depict his obsession in a way that doesn't feel like... Like, it's the equivalent of, like, if you were practicing guitar in a movie, and the guy was like, huh, huh, like, like, sawing it. Like, like, that's not how you play. So, yeah, it's gonna hurt, you know? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I think there's also something fascinating about the mentor-mentee relationship, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, what does, to go on what you're saying, Brandon, our next question, what makes this movie different from, like, a Karate Kid or a movie, or, like, Remember the Titans or something like that? Like Rocky. Yeah. Yeah, so, Rocky was the first movie that came to my mind. Yeah, um, me too. Popped in my head. And I I was thinking, like, you know, the, the best coaches I ever had were very tough. Hmm. Were yes. very tough. Yes. I think... You know, they they pushed me very hard. I was someone who needed to be pushed really hard. I um, I also was someone who responded to uh, coaches who were tough. I know not everyone does. I, I know that some some kids would maybe shrink away from something like, you know, like a uh, like direct challenges like that. Um, I think, though, uh, Rocky Rocky was definitely a movie that came to mind. You know, and and if we if we draw some um, draw some similarities between Fletcher and Mickey, you know, you're a tomato. Mickey spends a large portion of the movie putting Rocky down. Sure. Humiliates Rocky publicly plenty of times. And. We're okay with that. We're okay with that in Rocky to Ooh, some degree. I know you right? have lots of points. Can I jump in on this one? Because I sure, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so J.K. Simmons in Whiplash, I feel like thrives though on like this false praise that he'll give once in a while. That's not true or real. He's like, hey, well, just have fun, right? Yeah. Uh, he's he's lo- he's like he's psychologically <laughs> manipulating you. He's trying to draw out like a a he wants to make them lax. I feel like yes. he's trying to draw out this laziness. Like, oh, yes. yeah, let's get them comfortable so yeah. they make a mistake. Don't worry. You're fine. Right? <laughs> just have fun. <laughs> uh, whereas like Mickey, I like I what sticks out to me is like, and don't forget, Mickey loves you. Like he genuinely mm-hmm. does love Rocky. And like, yeah. it's it's not false. There's nothing false. He I think Mickey earns the right yes. to be hard on Rocky because he to, loves him and he to push him, him. He earns the right. Fletcher uses this as a way to weed out the weak, to pit people against each other. It is it is just used in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't forget the beginning of Mickey and Rocky's relationship too. He's like insulting him, where he's like, sure. you know, um, but Publicly, the insults, yeah. but the insults are born from a love and concern. Like you're wasting your life, and you could be better than what you're yeah. doing. So there's a genuine care about the other human being. Where yeah, I don't think J.K. Simmons has that. I think he's a bully, um, and I think. Uh, uh, it's it's he has a single minded focus on creating great jazz and he doesn't care about the collateral damage. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. 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 I, I wrote, like, I don't care about the people I hurt. I just want to make great jazz. Yeah. yeah. And, and like Mitch to to talk to your point, uh, there's the line where J.K. Simmons says, I never had a Charlie Parker. And if you're not thinking about it, I guess that that line it's could break your heart. a slap in the face to him. This is yeah, first, it is. Yeah, I'm it like, is. I'm but, right I, but I guess that line could break your heart if you're, you know, not thinking like that deeply about it. But, you know, like now I, you know, I teach kids theater and it's not at this level at all. But I think, you know, 
most people aren't like 9.8% out of 10 teachers aren't going to have a Charlie Parker, you know? So it's like, you you need to find ways to be proud of your students in ways that are going to be healthy for both them and you. Cause if you're pushing everybody to be one of the greats and they don't want to be pushed that way, I don't, I think you're going to end up being disappointed with your career, you know? Like, I think that if you never conversation, that. that conversation they have in the bar when, um, when Andrew tracks him down and he goes to finds him at one of his shows. And I think there was a lot, even though ultimately he ends up tricking him. I think there was a lot of truth that came out in that conversation. And I think we see there, you know, Fletcher considers himself, um, a bit of a kingmaker, if you will. Like he, mm. he, he has, you know, he has his own fiefdom that he runs within, within this school. And, he thinks he is doing uh, jazz or the world uh, a service. He thinks he is creating an environment that will birth these great musicians. And I, I really feel like he thinks he's, he's justified this behavior of his, the abuse. I really feel like he thinks he is doing everyone a favor. Yeah. I agree with you in the respect that I think he tells himself that. But it isn't what he's doing, right? Like, no, first, yeah, he exactly. tells himself, That's exactly this is how I sleep at night. Yeah, that is exactly absolutely. what I'm saying. Yes. Um, but it's it's very much about power, exercising power and control. Like, I, I remember the rushing and dragging scene, which, like, the first time I saw it a couple of years ago, I guess that was, what, seven years ago at this point? Oh, my God. Uh, maybe six, right? Uh, I almost had like a, a little bit of a humorous reaction. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is this is crazy, huh? And this time I was like, he's not trying to find the perfect beat. He's trying to find the perfect submissive in the room. And guess mm-hmm. what? It's Mr. Fantastic. He's your sub. Oh, like, no. It's, <laughs> oh, no. It just, it was, it was all about power. And it's, it's about It kind of gets me a little twitchy freak. actually watching that scene. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it is very hard to watch. In fact, it's, that is like peak, peak cringiness for me because it involves Physical Slapping. violence. <laughs> yeah. Physical, like a, like it takes yeah. the abuse takes on this physical nature at that point. And it, it's just, it's just hard to watch, especially yeah. in front of his classmates, in front of his peers, in front of, you know, his like people who should never see something like that. I mean, it, it shouldn't be taking place, but it's also it's happening publicly and it's humiliating. So when I hear a line like, you know, I'm here to to push someone to that next level of greatness, I'm like, all you've done in this movie is exercise your power over yeah. these quivering undergrads, right? Yeah. You are in a position of authority and you abuse it. The other thing that occurred to me this time when watching it, it was like, it's not just that he's a teacher. He's a teacher in the arts. And I do think there's sort of a sacred, tr- sacred trust. Zach, I'm sure you could speak to this, right? where there's more vulnerability in those spaces from the students. Cause it's an when, expression. Yeah. 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 Cause it's like, like I did theater, like growing up and you become raw and emotional and you're bearing things you wouldn't bear in the classroom in that space. Same musically. Right. So I'm like, you abusing that is, is, I don't know. Like he's, that's a different kind of evil. Like I saw a lot of people online were comparing him to the dude from full metal jacket. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's oh, interesting. The drill sergeant. But one yeah. of these movies is about war. And one of these sure. movies is about a jazz band. So it's not good. 
it's not yeah. okay. I just know? want to say one quick thing before we move on. I think there is something, you know, if, if we're if we're talking about the the correlation between like a movie like Rocky and Whiplash, I think yeah. there is something about yeah the differences between like boxing yes. and being a musician. Yes, I, I think you take a Rocky and he's down and out. He's lazy. I feel like Mickey's really just trying to knock some sense into him, you know, help Mm -hmm. him as much as he can so he doesn't get killed. I think when you're dealing with what's happening here in Whiplash, um, Andrew is a great drummer who wants to be the best. And in order to break into that elite echelon of musicians, it requires going to a different level inside yourself. Um, Sometimes this level is only available, is only accessible to people with clout. Also, you have Mm -hmm. to know these kingmakers, these these record labels, these producers. You have to know these people. You have to get in good with them and they have to knight you. You know, so like there is this level of, well, if this is what it takes, I will do anything I need to do to to have to earn the respect of Fletcher if as long as it puts me on the right path. I I connect with that. I vibe with that. Like this is someone who wants greatness. Rocky just didn't want to get killed. You know, like there is yeah. there is a diff there is a difference here. And I, I'm not saying what Fletcher did is the way Fletcher acts towards his students is, is right. I'm saying I get what is going through Andrew Neiman's head because of what he wants. I think until the final scene of the movie, I actually don't really have a problem because Whiplash does a really good job of demonstrating that Andrew was making decisions on his own. I mean, like he's a child and there's a teacher, you know, who's abusing him. Yes, but he is. He is also 19 years old. Right. And he's deciding to push himself to these limits. So. You know, is it myopic? Is it misguided? And is a teacher maybe pushing him to do things he wouldn't normally do? Yes, but I at least can track with, but he's choosing to get in the car. He's choosing to practice to this level because he wants something, right? So there's, Mm -hmm. I don't fully only blame Fletcher. uh, And and then the end of the movie kind of does something else. Uh, I think I would contrast that with like Mickey and Rocky where like Mickey says like, he'll hurt you permanent. Right. If you do this fight. Right. Where in this movie, uh, he gets at a car accident. He's bleeding on the set. And Fletcher's like, yeah, I guess let's try. Oh, you didn't do it right. You're out of the program. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's there's no thought about his well-being at all. The thing I do. Sorry to keep talking, but I'm going to keep talking. The thing that I do think I we might have some disagreement on, Brandon, is this idea you're getting out of like and, and I might be misrepresenting what you're trying to say, but like. I think the movie has this myth of like, you put in enough hours, right? You put in the sweat and you will become a Charlie Parker, right? And that's something that like you can achieve through sheer force of will and tenacity. And that just to me isn't true. Like there's just a lot of evidence that like genes, how early you start at this, you know, you know who you are plays more of a factor is if not a big factor is in like how much you want it. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's quite, what I don't think that's quite at? what I'm saying. I think, I think because Andrew is already a great drummer and he is, he has already put himself on the, he's already elite. 
you know, he yeah. is, he's made it into yeah. the school. He got accepted to this, this school. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it's is like this a, a Juilliard, school? I think okay. yeah. I assumed it was like, idea, a, yeah. I assumed it was like a Juilliard. Yeah. He's already been accepted to the school. The best in the country. Yeah. He's easily yes. in the top couple dozen drummers. He's yeah. trying to give himself the tools and access to the right people. Um, oh, I, I think, I, gotcha. I think I gotcha. it actually yeah. has less to do with just sheer, His you know, elbow grease, yes. but it's, it, yes, mm-hmm. I think it's really like, I gotcha. It's, it's like a, it's like a, a, a lawyer clerking for the right, for the right judge or, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's like just like the having the right resume. I was yeah. at this school under, and I, you know, I, um, played under this teacher, this yeah, professor. I, gotcha. I think it was more about that for me. Yeah, that's true because like a lot of the beginning of the movie is concerned with like, he likes me. Does he like me? Yeah. You know, yep. it's about that relationship he's trying to yeah. foster. He's yeah. already an idol of Andrews. It's obvious. Mm, yeah. Yeah. There's just like something in the movie. I think that maybe cause we started this block with like what attracts people to this. I think there's mm-hmm. a myth, like especially in American culture of like um, you put in the sweat, Right. You put in the hours and you can do anything. And -hmm. it's not that I want to discourage people from hard work, because I really do think tenacity and hard work and discipline and practice can take you 95 percent of the way. Yeah. I'm just saying that extra five percent, you know, that's a different like what makes Charlie Parker, Charlie Parker. I do think that that's not accessible to everyone. And you have to make that in this life. It's the uh, it's the miracle on ice story. I mean, think about think about the hockey players. You know, mm. we, we may not be the best, but we're going to be the hardest working. We're going to work harder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that is that is literally um, instilled in us mm. as Americans. This this whole like this mantra. You know, work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. You can achieve anything. That that is that is that is a very American uh, mentality. Yeah, and especially in the arts, I think it maybe is a little destructive because. Creativity, create creatively, artistically, there are things that people are born with that, you know, what I would say that God gives, right? You know, like Mm -hmm. there are just certain um, ways people see the world. You know, I think Goodwill Hunting, he has that line, right? Where he's like, I might not be able to play the piano, but it comes to math and science, I can just play, right? Mm -hmm. There are people who are just adept at things, you know? So. The performances in this movie were widely praised. You know, we know J.K. Simmons won an Oscar, and this kind of put Miles Teller on the map for a bigger audience. How much of people's enjoyment do you think comes from the performances? I think J.K. Simmons is a big part of it. I think this was a huge moment for him, which Mm -hmm. is interesting because J.K. Simmons has this kind of illustrious career, like just J. Jonah Jameson made him very, very famous, right? I thought the casting was really interesting because he's played a lot of what I would describe as like gruff, vaguely paternal father figures, maybe a little like, you know, also um, twee father. Like I'm thinking like Juno, even Spider-Man, you know, like he's like kind of a father. He's got a mustache. Maybe that, you know, Uh, so I think (laughs) that's all it takes. Well, and I think they're doing something in this movie, right? Where like he is like a surrogate father figure, obviously, to Andrew, right? Mm. Or, um, you know, Andrew's own father. This is a lens the movie has that I don't love is like Mm. he's impotent and useless because he's not super Mm -hmm. ambitious and he didn't he didn't become a famous Mm. author, right? Where Fletcher 
man, I almost cursed. I'm like, where Fletcher is a jerk and successful. So, and is always in like, literally is always in like a tight t-shirt. So, you know, he's virile and powerful in a way that his own dad eats raisinets and, uh, you know, watches movies. Anyways, I had some issues with that. I, I think one of my favorite scenes or one of the scenes that just really grabbed me was, um, the family feud when they were, they were all sitting down at dinner. Yeah was insane i mean had me sweating but i think i think it was damien's way damien shizel's way of kind of punching at like traditional um like family values and you know i mean because the the sports family could could they have been more condescending towards you know oh teacher Man, I feel of the, the year and I feel like you Andrew was drunk. so condescending. Well, that, to I his... felt like that was way later. That was like after the bulk of the conversation had happened. I think Andrew saw his dad kind of emasculated. You know the they did not pull their punches with like oh yeah we have we have the quarterbacks we have the things that matter in our family oh and teacher of the year oh and you got your drumming thing i mean i think they drew first blood in this conversation oh i didn't take it as like a a subtle dig at the father but that's interesting it could have been and i maybe just misread it i thought i thought it was genuinely that comment of like and we have a teacher of the year over here i'd love to rewatch it now and see if like that was more of a like after the like she caught herself maybe of like you know oh yeah and the teacher of the year you know like i thought she was genuinely just praising the people at the table I thought there was a little bit of animosity towards Andrew. Yeah, I agree of like, uh, and you have your drumming thing. Like that's dismissive, right? Yeah. Um, I think though, that's one of my favorite scenes that Miles Teller acted in, in this movie. I mean, the, the quick like repartee uh, dialogue was, was really gripping. And I felt like there was a shift that happened beginning. He's kind of bumbling, He's yeah. slightly incompetent, uh-huh. no con- no confidence, no game. And I feel like there's this shift and he he just like takes it to another level of, you know, and it almost it kind of backfires a little bit because he gets a little too cocky, but I feel like there is a shift kind of around that like family dinner. Uh, that happens there. See, I feel like I see echoes of it in the date before when he's like, I feel like he has is one of those dudes who is incapable of having a conversation with you unless it's about the thing he likes. You know what I mean? It's like (laughs) he's bumbling if you're talking about your day to day life or your taxes. But like if you bring up, you know, Buddy Rich, then he's like, let me let me now I know what I'm doing. Uh, So it felt (laughs) like as soon as the conversation gave him the opportunity to talk about purpose, that's when he's like, this I have thoughts on, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of how it feels to me. I don't know. Yeah. To kind of lean I, in, I think he's a jerk, though. <laughs> I want to well, be really clear. To kind of <laughs> lean into what you're saying, Mitch, I, I was watching this, and I I mean, I really, I really do have to give it up to the actors, because there's not a single character in this movie that I wouldn't enjoy spending an afternoon with. And yes. yet, there's something about this movie where I, I watch for, I watch Miles Teller, and I can 
kind of getting his corner a little bit, a little, you know, less this time than other times I've watched the movies, but all these guys. And I thought, well, like, well, his dad's okay. But even then I was like, no, his dad is like, too, he's the guy who gets like hit in the head with someone else's popcorn. And then he apologizes. I was like, I, mm-hmm. I none of, none of these people, no, no one in this film. No, no, thank you. So. Uh, I, I think that it is the performances in a lot of ways. And I'm curious, Mitch, you were talking a little bit about J.K. Simmons before. And do you think that like this is his best role or that this is just his typical character turned up? I think he's cartoonish in this movie. Mm. Um, I like it and it's fun, but I think it comes across to me as cartoonish in a few moments. That's my one beef with his performance here. Um the script demands it, right? The lines he's asked to say, right? Um, but like towards the end, right, where he's like, uh, you know, I'll gouge your eyes out. Uh, and then uh, the solo keeps going and it's like uh, that he smiles to himself subtly. He's like, OK, fine, kid. I was I started to erupt in laughter. I'm like, this is. This is silly. This is a silly oh, movie. This is no, silly. no, no. This is that, that it's, it's worked bad. for me. That played me like a two dollar banjo. I loved that final scene. I'm serious. I think, Oof. I think there was something. First of all, there's something evil about Fletcher's character. Like Not he, he is everything, but yes, he is. He is a. He's an evil man. I mean, I think specifically about digging to get a little personal information um, from Andrew about his mom leaving and his dad just being a teacher uh-huh. and you know blah blah blah, and then using it against him right away was mm-hmm. like whoa, okay, okay. So I know, like at least I know what game we're playing now. And there was something by the time we got to that final say what you want about Fletcher and whether or not he deserves admiration because he doesn't, he doesn't deserve it. There is something about gaining the approval of one of your, he's still an idol. He is still an idol of Andrews. He absolutely is. And Andrew feels like he was never truly able to gain his approval, to do his best. He felt like he never got off on, you know, he was net. He never was on firm footing with Fletcher. That was vindication. That final concert was vindication for Andrew's character. And it, it really, it really worked for me. I don't think it's a stretch to say that either. I totally no. I completely agree with what you just said. I think that's my problem that the movie is presenting that as a vindicating moment when the vindication, I, I think, shouldn't be that he gains the approval of his abuser. I think that's a really harmful message where the vindic- like there was a cool thread before of like when he stops drumming, right? He becomes healthy again. He seems OK. Maybe there's a, this missing thing in his life, but things seem to generally be going OK again. I think that's a different movie, though. I think it is. I don't think we need. I think that's Fletcher's a rom-com or something. Of approval. No, it's not a rom com. I him think to have a, him a victorious ending up with a girl or something. That's like a. That's I'm a different not movie. saying he ends up with the girl. I don't think he should okay. be treated right. to his old girlfriend who he was. Okay, also I agree. Harmful I agree to, with that. You know, yeah. that he was. A I jerk. agree with that. I'm saying making a movie about a teacher abusing a student. And uh-huh. then making the victorious vindicating ending that the teacher approves of them is harmful. That's a harmful message. I think the movie does both things. It says that Fletcher's toxic. It says that he's a toxic person. 
this is not someone who deserves admiration. Yeah. Here, let's uh, let's just cross right into the the final block since we're already there. The big question is: This movie dangerous? I don't love the phrase dangerous because that feels <laughs> like it feels a little much like, you yeah. know, like I don't think people are going to watch whiplash and then go start abusing people. I do think though, that this kind of movie romanticizes abuse and it romanticizes, um, uh, a, a devotion or obsession at the, you know, sake of your own well being. romanticizes that kind of work. And I think that is not the best. I'm not saying dangerous. I'm just saying we should still acknowledge it's a really good movie, but keep in mind it has those harmful messages in yeah. it as well. You it, know? It, do, it does. I think the, I think, I think Fletcher's tox, toxic. I think you cannot tell people who to idolize, who to kind of shape your uh, vision after. I, I think strip it all the way. He is a great, practitioner of his given field he, like he he is great in the jazz world still i think my issue is the effect it has when you finish watching the movie is you have to wonder is that victory andrews or is it fletcher's because really what it says when he jumps it feels in, like andrews well when he jumps in and he nods and he's like da, 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 yeah you're doing it right good job what that to me as a moviegoer says is there was a method to the madness that he was actually trying to help him or maybe even if he changed his mind in the moment and yeah, now I'm going to help him despite my angry feelings towards him that the victory Andrew achieves is at least in some part because of Fletcher's abuse. Well, I, I do want to say um, as my first uh, little thing I, I, I feel like uh, we've been talking a lot. My we first get it. comments. <laughs> my first comment of the, the night. Podcast. I, I feel like at the end of the movie, I don't know what the movie is. Like if it's a tragedy, I, I feel like I like it. Like a movie about a guy who he pushes people away and it's like, yeah, if you want to do this, like you can, but the, you know, people end up falling by the wayside and you end up alone at the end, you know, with just you and this person who treats you terribly, which like it's tragic. But on the one hand, I'm kind of like, well, it's sad and I like sad things, but does it want to be an underdog story? Like, because if that's the case, then like you were saying, Mitch, it ends up with, you know, his abuser stepping in and being like, I'm taking ownership of this too. And then if you want it to be like a victorious thing at the end, it's, he ends up still completely alone. So that I think that's the thing. I struggle to like figure out what is this movie trying to say and how does it want me to feel like i feel like when andrew assaults fletcher that the movie kind of wants me to go like well yeah he he drove him to that point and i'm like i you can not attack people physically yeah, no, like, I, don't, yeah. I don't think that's yeah. i don't think that's justified at all no. i think i but think it was like it, he know. snapped yeah. Yeah. he yeah. snapped yeah. and i think it. he was pushed to like a snapping point. We a might not condone point. it, but we all get yeah. it, right? right? I get it. In that <laughs> right. moment, I think, yeah, I, get I think it. though to kind of comment on uh, Mitch's, uh, you know, the Fletcher's master plan, the ma the method to the uh, right, madness. Right. I think uh, Fletcher's plan was revenge. Right. In, well, in yeah. that in that ending, that last scene, Absolutely. all he wanted to do was embarrass him and, and make it so he career. could never yeah, yeah, do anything ever again. again. Absolutely. I think what. I think what um, Miles does, or I think what Andrew does there is decide to 
basically t- take the horse by the reins and this is my way now mm-hmm. and the fact that he he gains fletcher's approval in the process does not take take anything away from his victory for me at least i think we're really close to agreeing sure we're, we're close we're really close because i agree here. no like because the moment to me like you're like it, it, it's gonna be a rom-com like no i'm not saying he ends up with <laughs> supergirl or whatever i'm saying supergirl. it's the same ending without this little nod and i'm gonna jump in i it's the same ending but maybe jk leaves the stage <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's about Andrew seizing this victory because right. for the first time he's playing for himself and yeah, not for right. the approval of Fletcher, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. One, I last, think we need that. One last thing. I think at that moment, I think Fletcher really sees how good Andrew is. I think he really sees the brilliance at that point. That would be... It's too that would late be maybe to my, apologize. May, yeah, maybe. I think that's what is happening, though. The, kind of the the anger is lifted away. The he is the character the, falls away almost. The rage he is able to actually see Andrew as a peer, as a as a great drummer. I digress. No, yeah, I love the ending of the movie. It's just a little. There's that little moment where mm. we have to get give Fletcher his due. And I'm like, did we though? Here's, did we? I don't know. I, I kind of have a hard time with something else in the movie that's a little random, and this may be dismissible, I think, but it, it is something that I was thinking about. I was Sorry, Brandon, but I was thinking about Freaks and Geeks a lot, um, and I know that this won't mean anything to you at all, but there's this guy, Jason Siegel's character, really loves drums, but his grades are falling behind. His dad says all of his drum sets, and then he's mm. staying at someone else's house listening to music, and someone's like, what, what are you doing? He goes, this is my homework. I'm a drummer, and he goes, no, like if, you, if you're a drummer, you play your drums. He goes, well, I got my drums taken away from me. He goes, that doesn't matter. Like You go get two sticks and a rock, and you go find a way to drum. If you're a drummer, then go be a drummer. So in the movie, when he gives up playing drums after the whole movie being like, I want to be one of the greats. And he like, just, you know, and I get that there's trauma and that there was an incident, but for him to just give it up and then to, to go right back into it almost without missing a beat. I don't know why that was challenging for me in, in the movie. I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious to hear if you. I think the early. Ahead, I think the decision he makes in the moment he's asked, he has not yet achieved the victory. Brendan and I are kind of referring to. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. still in that moment under Fletcher's thumb a little bit, right? Okay. When he decides to do it, so I think his reflexive yes is seeking that approval. Is maybe yeah, I can oh. maybe I can salvage my career is still yeah. tied to those not so awesome things right well, so i yeah. i buy it and i think it makes sense for the story we've received because his gaslighter right has essentially given him this like you know fig leaf of course he's going to take it of well course. not i'm not yeah. even thinking about that it's i'm just primarily thinking about where he gets kicked out of music school and makes sandwiches for and three he puts months the drums, and puts, puts the, the drums, drums in the closet. I think, I think Mitch, well, Mitch, I think getting the the drums back out of the closet, yeah. that's super easy for me. I, I totally understand that. Yeah. I do agree with you though, Zach, the fact the the act of putting them away after years and years and years, maybe, maybe he reached a breaking point, like, yeah. all, like a, like a full, I have to be done kind of like, I cannot do this. And I don't know. I, I don't think know. Both of you, we've probably all experienced something you love being perverted. Oh, right? for sure. You sure. know, yeah. like 
even the the thing you love the most especially because at the end like drumming wasn't drumming anymore for him it was (laughs) physical pain and abuse and an obsession right like i would think to myself yeah i would never want to drum again honestly you know Mm -hmm. it's been poisoned to me so sure Sure. yeah no I, i guess that makes sense yeah one thing I wanted to hit on is that scene where he says there's no two words more harmful in the English language than good, good job. job. I, think I that's can an think of scene. I can think of way more harmful. I words. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this to me, I would be curious to hear your guys' thoughts. I sprained my neck from rolling my eyes so hard at those mm-hmm. lines. To me, it was like very boomery like bemoaning a generation of like yeah. soccer trophy like that kind of thing like uh everyone's always giving them praise and i'm yeah. just like this this really like this mm-hmm. is gonna be your justification I, for your abuse like get out of here I yeah don't know. for me as an educator i you know i don't want to say i don't believe in just giving blind praise but i believe if someone's doing a good job i'll i'll say good job you know like i teach guitar sometimes and there's some kids who i'm like you know like okay like you know you're, you're doing good work or like you're you're really trying but you know you're not practicing at home and like you've got to or like you know i know you could do a little bit better so you know for me it's not like i never say good job but for me i'm you know i'm careful to not always just be like oh that was the greatest thing ever like i'm not like you know a jerk and you know when someone gets something right i love you know to celebrate and to be like yeah you got that but you know if if it needs some work i also am a believer of going like hey like you you need to work a little bit harder like you know mm-hmm. like let's let's find some time to do that so the whole idea of like you know i don't know giving someone maybe a little more praise than they're due because that's the same thing some people you throw a symbol out their head they're like that's stupid but some people it's like oh that was good well i'm gonna you know next time i'm gonna be even better you know what i mean like the idea that telling someone that they did good <laughs> makes them bad i don't i'm not 100 percent on board with that yeah i think i think the sentiment is important yeah i i think there is I think it has been perverted. Uh, what he what he is saying over time has been absolutely perverted by a generation and kind of the the comments that have been made. I think also we're we're forgetting the fact that we're, we we paint with these broad strokes of like we we just told a whole generation good job. Well. There are good coaches. There are bad coaches. Mm-hmm. There are good mentors. There are bad mentors. I think we're forgetting the fact that there's probably follow up in all of these situations. You're not just going around being like, good job. And then hands off, you know, there's constructive criticism. (laughs) There's working with kids. Encouragement is important. Yeah. I I think, I think the idea that we just went around lobbying encouragement to every kid and passing out participation trophies and it ruined a generation. I think that's ridiculous. Uh I think, I think competition's good. I also think encouragement's good. Yeah. I think striving for greatness is good. I think I think just participating to participate is good for camaraderie, for you know, to make friends. I think there are like all of these things can be true at the same time. Yes. It does not have to be yes. a one, you know, like a this can this is not a one-way street. And that's my big, I think, gripe with Fletcher in general, because his view of greatness is really myopic. It's really like There's no room for sensitivity, 
gracefulness, collaboration, you know, those things that make good jazz musicians, <laughs> right? Like it can't, those qualities can't exist. Like to be great, it's like you have to It's be, a dictatorship. It's a dictatorship. It's very masculine. It's like you have to be physically dominant and have this solo victory kind of thing. And I'm like, well, this. to be great, I need to say you're great. Yeah, right. it's, right. Inside yeah, this, absolutely. inside this class, this band, I need to say you're great. Right. So, I mean, it is absolutely just it's in a, it's a toxic environment from top to bottom. I mean, I think that's the the larger point here. Fellas, any. As we cross the forty-six minute mark, fellas, any uh, do we have any uh, closing thoughts? And, and I'll go first. Were you, were you doing a real good brand in there? I, I Just was. Tell me. Okay, yeah. all right. I'll, I'll go first with my closing thoughts. And as I, you know, as I look at both of your rooms on Zoom, like Mitch, I see a piano behind you. Brandon, I see some guitars behind you. And you know, I look at my room, and I have a bunch of instruments too. And like for me, music has always been about doing it with people and about, you know, creating together. And like, as I'm starting to write some music now, like I'm just so excited about it and I have so much fun doing it. And when I think about a movie like whiplash, which is like, you need to be bleeding and you need to be like, you know, have someone in your face. If you want to end for me, it's like, that's not what music is for me personally. That being said though, I think if you watch a movie like this and you're like, you know what? Like I, I can work harder. I can do better. If you take that away from this movie, I'm I don't want to tell you that you're wrong. Um, you know, I just think, you know, take care of yourself, take care of your mental health at the same time. But like, I think with music and art, like at the core, at the heart, it should be something that you enjoy doing. I think the best art is born out of love and out of, you know, passion and, you know, not so much the desire to just be great, you know? So I think that. I don't see the passion of music. I don't see the love of, I see the passion of like practicing and working hard. I see that element. I just don't see the joy. I don't see the love. I don't see the, you know, how, you know, when I get a good melody in my head, I like, I just can't sleep. Or when I knew a drum, when I learn a new drum fill, I want to put it into everything. Or like, I just learned this new guitar lick. And now like, I want to go jam with my friends. I don't see that in this movie. And I get that. You know, we've kind of alluded it's maybe a little bit more of a sports movie, but I think that straight up and down as a music movie, it's well made, it's well directed, and I definitely appreciate it and think it's good. It just doesn't really resonate with me as a uh, as a creative type. Well, I think just kind of listening to you, Zach, and, and kind of feeling out my own thoughts, I, I feel like music can be different things to different people, sure. and I feel like some people could just do it because they love playing music. It's just all they want to do. And I think when you take the love, when you remove the emotion and the passion out of, out of music, I think it becomes a job. It becomes like anything else that people do greatly. Like you compare like a mus a great musician to um, like an Olympic athlete. Now, you know, if we're, if we're talking, if we're talking about, say like a Jimi Hendrix, I, I would argue that he was able to do both. He was able to yeah. be the best and do what he loved. Yeah. I think maybe Andrew had to work harder to be great. And he, he wasn't just a natural 
talent. He had to walk this process. It had to become a job. It had to become his, his life. So therefore the fun was taken out of it. It really puts the microscope on the mentor mentee relationship and how it can be toxic, unhealthy, um, and how if you put your faith in a person instead of like your dreams or your goals, mm-hmm. um, you can get blinded by this mm-hmm. person. You know, they may not have your best interests in in mind. And um, I think I think that's exactly what happened in the movie. Um, I love this movie. It's not something I'm watching often, you know, maybe every couple of years I'll throw it back in, but I do love this movie. It does work on me every time. Um, I think it, I think there is just something special about it. I mean, it's for me, my endorsement comes with like, I don't know where I stand on like depiction versus and um, versus endorsement, right? Like the, like it's depicting terrible, horrible abuse, but I don't think mm-hmm. Chazelle is endorsing it but i think maybe he's a little muddy in his execution so it comes across that way um i think a movie like this it's hard not to like marvel and awe and appreciate the way music is depicted right the the cinematography like we didn't really even touch on craft right like yeah it's so crisp the editing is incredible yeah it's like so many moments like when he just closes in on the hand right uh one two Mm. three four like those kind of things beautifully shot so you're gonna get something out of the movie for sure right and i think it can inspire at least a respect or awe for what musicians of this caliber do um i think the themes that we're talking about the sports movie kind of themes like sacrificing yourself and like Maybe like the pedagog- pedagogy stuff of like, do the unjustify the means like that's messy. That's muddy. Yeah. Um, it reminds me a little bit of like Black Swan in some ways. But like if Black Swan had no women and is just because <laughs> like, that's, that's what I thought when I was watching. I was like, man, this would be a really different movie if there were literally two women in it. And there's just the girl who plays Supergirl on CW. That is it. And she's there for like seven minutes. The ant. Let's not forget about the ant. I'm sorry, Family you're right. Feud. The ant for a minute there. Gee whiz, right. man. <laughs> so, well, you know. yeah, you know, that's on me. I apologize, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think to me, like, that is a problem in the movie as well. Like, it's very, like, masculine with a capital M, which I don't have an issue with masculinity. But, like, its central concern then, like, feels not like, hey, do you need to be brutally disciplined like Andrew to achieve great art? It's more like can we even make great artists in this sissy culture? I hate Starbucks jazz. Like that's what it feels like at the end of the day. Uh, very much feels also like coded for like a generational thing. Cause of Fletcher speech, like, you know, people don't know how to work hard anymore. I'm like, okay, all right, fine. Um, but I, I think it's a great tour de force performance from Simmons, even if it is mm-hmm. over the top, I think it's a really interesting performance from teller. Um, even if it's depicting something awful. So, I think you're going to get something out of it. It's well made. Again, it's just what it's saying. I don't know. I don't know. So that's whiplash for me. It gives me whiplash emotionally.